the questions of when are you getting married were starting to get more and more aggressive. I always had to remind them, like, we just bought a house and they weren't impressed anymore. Eventually, it got to the point where the summer hits and I'm like, I don't know what to tell people. And I know it's not about other people, but it is like, we have been engaged for two and a half years. It has been a long time. At least if we had a wedding date, it wouldn't be an issue, but I couldn't tell you a wedding date. Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bride to Have Been. I'm honored to introduce you all to my coworker, Kiera Ade Wumi. Kiera and Abraham met when they were 21 and have grown together as both humans and partners. What I love is that these two are complete opposites but their own unique personalities are what make their relationship and love for each other so beautiful. Kiara describes herself as the spice and Abraham as the sage. Kiara and Abraham definitely had a vision for their wedding in 2020 and were not willing to compromise on their vision. I'll let Kiara share more details with you all. So let's dive in. Kiara, it's so lovely to have you on Bride to Event today. It's amazing to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having a source for us brides who had to switch things up for 2020. I'm happy to be here. Yes. I can't wait for you to share your story because one, I haven't seen you in almost a year, which is psycho to even think about that we've been working from home for almost a year. Shout out to our company for being one of the early adopters of that. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the day, March 2nd. It was was March 3rd or something crazy. I was like, damn. So early on. I remember all of us were like, this is crazy. Is this for real? And I was like, we'll be back in May. Like, okay, I'll see you all in two months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I vividly remember we were like in an elevator and we were like, how's the wedding planning going? You're like, ah, it's not really happening yet. But it sounds like that has changed. Yes. So I do want to dive into that. But I also want you to first tell us how you and Abraham first met. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a really juicy story. We met on November 9th, 2013. I know exactly the date. We met at this place called Pisa Baobab, or 19th admission. This was my spot. I used to love to go there. I'm a big lover of African culture and community. And that was the only place in San Francisco that had a huge African community. And the DJ was trying to set Abraham up with my best friend. Oh my God. So they were supposed to hit it off, but they weren't meant to be. He had another future wife in the vicinity he didn't know about. But at the end of the night, I'm having a good time. I'm dancing. I'm looking fabulous too. Always. Just so everybody knows, Kara's like one of the best dressed people at our company, <laughs> 1000%. Amen. I appreciate the love. Looking good and feeling good is really important. That night, there was nothing different about that. I was definitely looking fabulous. And he tells it differently, but I felt like he was like approaching me and he said that he was wandering and I gave him a look that was like, I'm trying to dance. I thought he just kind of came and we just started to dance naturally. But 
he's a pretty good dancer. I'm not one to dance with a lot of people. I have to get a vibe. Just I don't dance with anybody. But he gave me enough to be like, okay. And we danced for two songs, which is not, usually you get one dance and I'm done. Like we danced the last two songs and then the, the night ended. So he invited me to go get tacos. We end up going to this pupuseria place on 16th and Valencia. And we're talking, nothing like crazy, but we get to the front of the line and he, at the front of the line, asked me literally verbatim, so uh, how are we going to pay for this? Oh. <laughs> and I was used to and accustomed to a certain way of dates, even if they are after the hangout dance spot. And I just lost it. I was like, how dare you ask me this question at the front of the line? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I was just so turned off. And I wasn't even that hungry. It was just like something to do. So like, I paid for like my like two pupusas and sat down and I was furious. I was so mad. So I just thought the way that he did it and how it went down just rubbed me the wrong way. So he's eating his pupusas and I'm just literally looking at him. I'm dead staring at him. I'm not nice. I'm not being friendly. Pretty much it was a wrap. Like we were never going to see each other again from that night on. But I am like literally just being so standoffish and not nice. And he's just quietly, calmly eating his pupusas to the point where I'm like, I need to get a rise out of you. I'm getting frustrated. Yeah, I need a reaction. Yeah, I need, I need something from you. I was like, let's go outside. I need to talk to you. And I'm like really aggressive. I don't know what it is. He got me to a place where I was ready to beat him up. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just so angry. So we go outside and like literally when I'm about to say something, he grabs me and he kisses me. And the rest is history. Oh, my goodness. It just like wiped it all away. Yeah. The energy shifted. I was so into it. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at him differently. I'm like, I don't know. I can't even explain it. But we ended up meeting again another day. And we always just kind of had a little energy where it was like, we didn't really hit it off. But we were just really attracted to each other. And that tension continued to bring us together. I don't know. It was like super weird. But the next day, he did pay for my food. <laughs> good job, Ibrahim. Good job. You made a comeback here. <laughs> very good lesson. He paid for my, my food and I'll give him credit. He probably is hearing me recording this right now. And he says it differently. His perspective is that when he takes a woman out on a date, he wants it to be intentional and he wants to take them someplace where I'm going to show you who I am through the place that I take you. And he also said, which I think is interesting, that he picked up that I was someone who was used to getting what I want. And so he wanted to be different. So this was strategy. Interesting. Strategy. And it worked because here we are seven years later, married. Yeah. Hey, I'm so excited. I can't wait for you to tell your whole story, but that is hilarious. And as you mentioned, you're the spice and he's the sage. Like here he is just eating his pupusa, super calm, mellow, probably doesn't even seem phased that you were like, so livid. Not at all. I thought he was just going to leave. I don't know what I expected. It was seven years ago. So like maybe I'm extra and dramatic about it. But I just thought he was going to be like, I'm out. This lady's crazy. <laughs> this is not working out. And he stayed. Yeah. It blows my mind. Well, clearly from what he saw from you earlier that night leading up to that point, he was like, this girl's cool. Maybe also you're showing like, hey, yes, you stand up for yourself. You're like, no, you need to pay for me. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he didn't, but you know, <laughs> right? He did later. And I, and I, totally, you know, I totally understand. And I, I just wanted to throw out if folks want to pay for their own food, like to each his own. I have a certain perspective, or at least I did when I was 21 at the time. I don't judge anybody who does the opposite of what I do. I just know I had an expectation and he didn't meet it. But 
again, here we are seven years later. And he did say he knew he had to do something different. So yeah, shout out to the men who who know how to switch things up and do something differently. Because here's the thing, if you think about it, if I'm used to getting what I want, they don't stand out. Yeah. No man has ever not paid for me ever on a date. I've never experienced that. So he's the first person. And I'm not going to say that we're together because he didn't pay for my meal, but. (laughs) But there's also, there seems like almost like it kept you on your toes a little bit. Oh, hell yes. You want to keep going back and you didn't get bored of him because you're like, there's something interesting about you too. Another thing that he used to do, this is literally going to be like a love letter to him. Be like, I'm remembering all the things that like, what was so different about him? I was like, yes, he's very calm. He's very stoic. And just again, we're night and day. Like I am, as I said, the spice and he's the sage. So yeah. he used to do this thing where he would text me, literally just text me 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. I did this. I went to the grocery store. I ate this. I made this. I studied this. How was your day? Who does that? Yeah. He literally just told me his day and then asked me. Everything that he did was so different. It was always odd. It wasn't like I was just in love with him. It was just like, he's so different. And that's why I kept agreeing to see him because he would just always set time up. I'd always say, yeah, we'd always meet up. We'd always have this energy where it was kind of like a little tense and not like really smooth. But then he also is a, a fantastic cook and he has a really good palate. And so he'd bring me food. He just did all the interestingly different but right stuff. And I just fell in love so quickly. And that's literally how we are now. We've grown in seven years and we've matured and I've grown in this life with him. And I'm so grateful that he is my best friend, my partner, and my husband. But, you know, if you think about it, I found a love in my life at 21. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I could barely pay my bills on time. Like, how did I find my future husband. And how did we get to a point where at 27, we owned a home? It blows my mind. But I guess when you're equally yoked and you meet your match, it universe conspires and it's just meant to be. It's so good. So right after you met at that club, did you start dating pretty quickly or were you like filling each other out for a little bit? I remember him like a week and a half and asking me, was I dating anyone else? And I said, yeah. And he looked at me really disappointed. Like, I think he was exclusive from like (laughs) day one. (laughs) And so his response really, A, I didn't expect his response to be that way, but it also was very attractive to me. So it was kind of like, you're my girl, you know? Yeah. He was like committed from the jump. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And even though we were still, it was still like that awkward tension, but I don't know. He tells me he saw, he knew what I was. He saw me for who I was and he fell in love with me. He even told me he loved me first. If I, he'd probably argue and say no, but (laughs) if you knew who he was, you can see that that's not something that you would get from him. He doesn't show a lot of emotion. And so for him to be so loving and he's such a caterer, he's such a romantic too. Many people may not know that about him, but that is his unique nature. He's a, he was built to be a husband, I tell you. I feel like for me, I am growing in my wifehood, my wifeness. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word, but he's always just been like the husband figure. That's awesome. You found your person so early on and it's amazing, especially just in your 20s in San Francisco where, yeah, it's rare you hear people find their partner that early on and, and then make it all the way into marriage Absolutely, because you have a lot of fun in the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I did have a lot of fun too prior. <laughs> it's actually funny too. A lot of my friends were like, Ooh, you're so different now. You're in a relationship like back in the day. And like, I was very much enjoying the dates 
and I was enjoying being wined and dined. And that's the, the beauty of when you find true love is like all of that went out the window. I found something way better. I love it. Okay. So you were dating for a while. When did you guys get engaged? <laughs> he proposed. Okay. So we had just turned 26, like two weeks before, and he was graduating from college. And I organized this big graduation party. Abraham is, he doesn't need a lot. He's very simple. And I want the works. I need like everything to be fabulous. You'll probably hear me say fabulous eight times. I love it. But, like I need everything to be extra grand in like a very classy and like eclectic, like sexy way. Yeah. And so birthdays are very simple. He's easy to please. As long as he has some good drink and some good food and good company, he is satisfied. So I was like, you're not doing that. We're going to have a big party. You know, we're going to do this whole thing. We're going to make it extra like I would do for a party of me. I'm going to throw this for you. <laughs> for you, but kind of for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For you, but you know, <laughs> it's so bad that like I say that, but like secretly, yeah, like kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so I organize this thing. We get this beautiful place. Like I'm decorating it. Like we've had all our friends and family. My parents even come up. His family's there. Our friends are there. And we have like this graduation party. I had no idea that it was never a graduation party. And I remember too, my mom being there. I'm also like a last minute queen. I'm usually never on time. The decorations were not all there when he was supposed to arrive. I'm like, mom, help me put the decorations up. And she's relaxed. Don't worry about those decorations. And I'm like, why is no one caring <laughs> that I'm running behind? And like, why are my parents dressed up? This is not just a regular graduation party. And why do they have this camera stand here? There's so many things that I did not pick up on because he had organized another party for me. I was like, I'm so mad. Like, why? <laughs> This one time I want to celebrate you, do you make it about me? Like, ah. So friends are arriving, family's arriving. And he's like, okay, do you want to like give him an opening speech? I'm like, this is your party. Again, like I usually am in the limelight, but I wanted him to be the star of the night. So I was really trying to be low key as mess as I can, which I don't know how well I was doing. So he was like, hey, thank you all for coming. It was really quick. He was like, I want to thank the woman who helped me get to this point. And then literally looks at me. And it's so crazy when you think in retrospect that there are so many signs. I'm like, yo, something's going on. But everyone had their cameras out and was like recording. I'm not picking up on anything. I'm oblivious to it all. And he like gets on his one knee. And I'm just like, I have this super extra face on. I had no idea. And the funny thing is he didn't give like a whole speech. He was like, will you marry me? So apparently he said I waited like a long time. Like I was going to say no. But I was just waiting for like more words. Like I'm listening. <laughs> when I realized that he was earnestly looking up and wanted me to say yes, of course I said yes. He finally told me, he was like, I was going to speak from the heart. He said, but everyone looking at me, he felt the pressure oh. <laughs> of saying something smooth. And like the only thing he could think of was like asking the question. And so I thought that was funny. And also a tip to any of the future men or women who are proposing Abraham would tell you is that you should definitely write down and prep what you're going to say because you may lose it all in the moment. So I thought that was funny. But yes, he proposed. All my friends are there. Again, it was all about me. Everyone was like, ah, you know, yeah, all the things you're supposed to do. Like your friends are like, yeah, they're making you feel special. And you're like, ah. <laughs> and so then we just partied and had a good old time. A couple of friends flew in town. That it was a surprise. Like it was just this whole big thing. Like he organized all this stuff to make it super special. So everybody knew about it. You were the only person to not know. 
Yes, 100%. And again, all the signs, all the signs were there. Like I should have picked up on it. And you know, he's super smart. He was like, I got to give you something to where you're going to be completely not look, focusing on Gita because you're focused on one thing. I was running around trying to get a graduation party set up. Yeah. Another thing too, I ordered all the foods. I got the drink. Everything was curated by me. So I knew it was going to be great. So he was like, that's another smooth thing that I did. I made sure your party was popping because you planned it. Like you did all the work. He's so smooth. He knows how to work me. Like even in the first day we met, like, he knows how to get me riled up. He knows how to like distract me with like, frivolous stuff too because this, this, none of this stuff was super important I was like worried about decorations the whole day like I'll get caught up in those basic details while like major obvious signs are happening but yeah I think that's again a testament to how different we are it's so good well well done Abraham it worked well done <laughs> all right let's take a quick break to hear about our sponsor gift pod as you know Julian and I still managed to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. Okay, so how long were you guys engaged for? Remind me. We were engaged two and a half years. May 25th, 2018 is when we got engaged. Okay. And that kind of led us to a couple months of planning. And we were thinking we should do like a wedding in Nigeria because he's Nigerian. Maybe we should do a wedding in Tanzania because like that's my favorite country in the world. Like we were kind of thinking about creating like this super big experience experiential wedding just super memorable like you curate the entire experience it's not just like the wedding day and it's out like you know they'll probably stay a couple of days you'll have these activities and tours and tastings of things and it's just something that really speaks to the couple but we curate it for everybody so it's just like a big thing one thing that's a testament to like how connected we've always been even at 21 is that we always were clear that we wanted to build generational wealth that is been one of the most foundational. <laughs> Julian, literally, that is like a conversation we talk about regularly. That is so funny. So like that was always something. Look, you know, we're looking at the budget for the wedding. And it's like, ooh, money. And we still rent. And we've always wanted to be homeowners. We knew that that was like the foundation of generational wealth. It's something that we can pass down to our children and their children. And it just became clear and clear that like, why spend 35K on a wedding when I can use that money to put down on a house? And so... After a couple of months of fantasizing about what the wedding was going to be, we, we knew we had to prioritize the home buying process. So we decided to really focus on getting the house first. 
back in the day, not like that was like our vision, but a lot of times you would buy the house and then you would move into the home that you owned as a new married couple. I think we really just wanted to be married in a home that we owned. We felt like the other way around was a little bit more backwards. So about a year and a half, maybe even closer to two, we focused on buying the home and we finally bought the home in January. Congratulations. 2020, And that's when we thought we were going to kick off the experiential wedding planning again. But, you know, COVID had other plans. Yeah. So when COVID happened, Shelter in Place was announced in March. At that point, you guys didn't have a venue or anything like that. You were still just kind of ideating on this experiential wedding. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The plan, it was at one point, we were thinking about the continent of Africa. We love traveling to the continent. We got together in 2013. We spent a year together. And then in 2015, I got a, a Fulbright fellowship to go to South Africa. And I think I told him about applying like six months into our relationship because I had applied before we even met. And so we had to have an experience where I was going to be away for a year. And I, that was really hard for him to kind of fathom. But it was like, this is a huge opportunity. Let's figure out how we can make this work. And so I was in South Africa all of 2015. He came to visit me twice while I was down there. And just the experiences that we've had, him being Nigerian, us traveling around, when he did come to visit me in South Africa, that was like really where we wanted to have it. But I think there was just a couple concerns. But then I found like this really dope, beautiful venue in Los Angeles, which was like half indoor, half outdoor. And I wasn't thinking about COVID. It was just like, I just think it was cute. You know, in LA, is really great weather. The indoor outdoor would totally work. Like the June wedding, no worries about rain. The, the venue, I really didn't want to like have to pay for, you know, someone to come in and to decorate to make it look even more fabulous. I wanted to do minimal decorations and the place itself was the stunning piece in itself. And I just added a few couple things or some whatever. So the venue that we had was like, we could go in now and put up a couple of extra flowers or whatever and get married and it would be stunning. I, I really wanted something like that. But then yeah, COVID started to become more and more prominent because, you know, we knew about COVID since like December when it was not in the U.S. and then Europe started to get a little hot. But like it really wasn't a part of the conversation, I think, in the U.S. until like February. And then we're hitting March and then we're like, OK, now we're in lockdown. And at that time, we had like zeroed in on this place. But around like March and April, we had really wanted to book this place, but they didn't have a policy that would allow us to get our money back. And this is a venue for like 150 plus people. They would allow us to move the date, but who knew when I could have 150 people plus again, it just didn't seem like a good idea to have such a big venue and not know if I could ever have a big wedding in the next like two years. I just, I didn't see an end in sight. And so that's when it kind of got a little rough and I'm not going to lie. Like the questions of when are you getting married? We're starting to get more and more aggressive. And I'm like, look, I always have to remind them like we just bought a house and they weren't impressed anymore. Eventually it got to the point where the summer hits and I'm like, I don't know what to tell people. And then I know it's not about other people, but it is like we have been engaged for two and a half years. It has been a long time. At least if we had a wedding date, it wouldn't be an issue, but I couldn't tell you a wedding date. And so more and more I just start to feel like, why am I even, who cares? That's the thing about COVID is I think you can maybe pick up about who I am is that I, when I have a vision, I execute on that vision. And it's usually fabulous and awesome and amazing. But there's a lot of energy and effort that goes into it. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to execute the original vision. It just, the time period for me to do that was not going to happen. And I knew that if I couldn't do what I really want to do, 
then I had to do something completely different. I had to do something that I would never do. And I was never thinking about elopement, ever, ever. And it was just the two of you, right? No one else. Nobody else. Literally. I was like, I don't want nobody to say they were at our wedding. (laughs) I don't want any extra details or like somebody messing something up. I was like, no, if we're going to get married, it's going to be with me and my husband. Because that is essentially what marriage is all about. It's a union of two people. It's the, the coming together to celebrate the union of two people. Why not do it with just the two of us? And I didn't want to do like, oh, your family come or my family come. Plus with COVID, because we wanted to do something that was going to be memorable. And the only place we found was in Mexico. So I didn't want to like put anyone in harm. Like, I just didn't want to think about other people. Yeah. And so I think we decided in late August. And you got married in November. Yes. It was like two months. Okay. Wow. So once you decided... How did you start to go about, one, finding this place in Mexico? I didn't even realize you eloped in Mexico, which is pretty awesome because they let Americans in. So. <laughs> one of the few countries that will let us fly to. There wasn't a lot of options. Yeah. How did you go about like that planning process? Did it feel stressful or? Absolutely stressed. Stressed until literally the day before. Uh, uh, fun fact, I didn't have a dress two days before I left. Okay. Stop. Your dress was so beautiful though. Yes. Another fun fact. That dress was not new. I own that dress. That's amazing. That's like the most fabulous outfit I've ever purchased. It's gorgeous. And I remember, I think if I'm so extra, I wanted to be the most fabulous person at um, an event that I, uh, we were going to. And I just, I just like standing out. I, I really enjoy being fabulous. I told you I'd say this eight or nine times in this show. And I think I think this is a knife. I think this might be the title of your episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? Being fabulous. Right? Look, <laughs> I support it. I think it's a good idea. But this dress, I had no business buying this dress. And I, I'm a last-minute queen, last-minute to the death. I don't know how the universe allows me to live, but I somehow am last-minute and fabulous. Like, I'll, it'll work out. But, like, the stress and the hair loss and, like, the anxiety – is there like next level growth for me is not having to literally rely on like the last minute pressures and like creativity that comes in this dress. I want to maybe like thirties will bring that for me. But yeah, I own the dress already and I had to have a conversation with my friends and my mom. And I was like, I need real talk here. I am. I have such big ambitious ideas for these dresses. I only had two months. I did not want a traditional wedding dress. If I'm eloping, I am not about to be walking down the aisle with some wedding dress. I just thought that was going to be ridiculous. I just wanted to be fabulous and I wanted to feel special, but I didn't want it to be a thing. I didn't, I didn't want like a train. So here I am looking at all these dresses. A, delivery times are super delayed. I actually bought three dresses that never came in time. Oh my gosh. Did you end up getting them though? Like they arrived at some point, right? Yeah, they arrived when I got back. How dare they? <laughs> And so did you return them or how many of them did you keep? Well, that's a whole nother story. But they told me that they were not going to accept my returns. Oh, Lord, they got another side of me that they were not anticipating. <laughs> but yeah, like they tried to play me. I, I paid for like express shipping, extra, extra. In like you got there after I got back. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I digress. Dresses were not arriving. The dresses that were coming were like, a you know how like everything looks real cute. Mm-hmm. And then you book it. And then it's like, what is this? This is not what I ordered. 
this looks a mess. And I had to rely on things online too, because A, like going in the stores and everything is just very different. Yeah. So it, it came down to it. I found this really cute dress. It was nice. It was okay. It was like, I could get married with it, but this was like, fr- we were leaving on like Sunday the 8th. This was like Friday the 6th. And I found it, I found a decent dress, but it did not fit me well. So I was going to have to get it altered. I would have had to pay a seamstress to get the dress altered in one day. Oh my gosh. Like the, the pricing on getting that right and tight would have been a nightmare. Yeah. And the dress wasn't even that like fabulous. It was interesting, but it was just like, whatever. I mean, it's not, it was, it was nice. And it was expensive too. It was over a thousand dollars. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also willing to pay for for really nice quality things. I didn't really anticipate, but like at that point, what else was I going to do? Right. But then like on top of it, you're going to have to do all these alterations. Yeah. And that was going to be like five, you know, like so it would have been like just ridiculous amounts of money. So then it got to the point where I was like, here's where I can tell that I've grown. There was this fabulous dress, but I wore before. I can't do it. This is my wedding day. I can never wear a dress that I wore before. And then I had a big girl conversation. For others, this may not sound... <laughs> Like a big girl conversation, but for me to accept that I'm going to wear a dress that I owned already and not have something completely new for a wedding dress was unheard of. And so I decided, okay, I have, I tried it on. I had to try it on to make sure I was like, can I still get in this thing? COVID's got people's bodies looking different. It still was looking right. It fit like a glove. And I already had a vision too. So I know you've seen my wedding pictures. Beautiful. Yes. But like once I figured that I was going to wear the dress again, the vision was already like complete. I just had to go and get it. I had already found the hat at this like place in San Francisco. It was like a consignment store. The lady who owns the consignment store used to wear the hat in the 50s and gave us like a rundown of what she used to wear the hat with. And so like we got approval to wear this hat that she had passed on to us. It was just like this really like ironically really like powerful moment. This hat had history and now you're going to wear you get married and you know whatever did you send her a picture afterwards I haven't but you know what you are such I appreciate that that is going to happen I'm going to share that photo with her and I think that that would that would make her happy although there's a flower uh-huh. on it and I was like that has to go immediately so <laughs> okay you have to make it yours you know <laughs> it looks more modern but yeah like I had the vision set and literally just ran around with my head cut off that Saturday and had an 8 a.m. flight. Oh my gosh. To Cabo on Sunday. And it all worked out. How did you find your place within Cabo to get married? You probably didn't go see it beforehand. No. Okay. No, we did go see it. So they had a wedding coordinator at the place. We had ample calls with her. We chose the place in particular because they were such responsive. They were really friendly, really nice. You can just kind of tell how people take care of you. Mm. And they were very much, they took care of us. One thing I really like too that I didn't get from other venues is we'll give you a discount for staying at our place for you getting married there. Other places we were looking at were more established. And I think they just knew that they got people who can come all the time. And the prices were astronomical. We got married at this place called Acre in San Jose do Cabo. The prices were just so much better. The venue is stunning. It's a 22-acre venue in San Jose. Like they have a farm. They have a restaurant there where they do farm to table. They have a dog rescue center. They have donkeys on the place. They have their own peacocks. Like It's like this beautiful, stunning, gorgeous place. And it was just perfect. They just took care of us. It just felt like they were honored to host us. And that was the key. I'm all about experience. And if you're not going to, if I'm going to have to follow up with you, I'm like, do you want my money? 
right? I'm literally going to give you my money. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. And that's something like there are certain places that but they're just the most popping places. They know people are coming. I needed to feel like they were going to take care of me. And they did. And we had such a beautiful experience. It was absolutely perfect. And I'm so glad we didn't have family and friends. I would have loved for them to be there. The wedding coordinator, the minister that we had, and the photographer were like our attendees. And so once we like said I do's and like we were officially married, they were like, yay. And there was like three, you know, you just hear like the three claps. And I was like, that's sweet. Like, I don't know. I didn't expect yeah. that. Literally, yeah. That there was going to be just us. I didn't expect claps. But they also kind of, they were like our wedding party, our little three person wedding party. So it was super cute. So cute. Did you get your hair and makeup done in Cabo or did you do it yourself? No, girl, absolutely not. <laughs> not. Everything was recommended through the hotel. So they recommended this place that did hair and makeup. And I was like, look, I have naturally curly hair. I'm a black woman. Like I was, I didn't even think about it, but they were kind of like, Hey, do you want your hair done? I'm like, and I was like, originally I was anticipating just getting my hair done here in the States because I have naturally kinky curly hair. Like beautiful. I didn't anticipate that y'all would be able to take care of my hair. And I'm like, here's a picture. So you know what I'm talking about. They were like, yeah, like we have someone who has done your hair before. And I was like, do you have pictures? <laughs> and they took me a picture that that was like, I just knew. I don't even know why I entertained it. You know what? It's just, look, I appreciate it. If, if somehow my hair ended up being a mess from the hairstylist, maybe I can make it work with y'all. But like, no, I went to this lovely African hair braiding place in Berkeley. And that's where I got like my hair braided into that super fabulous braided ponytail. So good. So here's another thing too. This place is a wedding venue, but I think they're used to women coming with like traditional wedding gowns and like having more traditional wedding hairstyles. And so when I got there, the sweet wedding coordinator, who I think the road of was like, so how are you going to do your hair? And I had already had my hair done in my ponytail. with like, it braided back. And I was like, this is my hair. <laughs> and it was just like this horror. She didn't want to offend me, but I was like, I don't think that they were used to me looked as a bride. And I remember too, like someone was like, this dress is so different. Like it's so fabulous, like super different. I didn't say anything, but like that to me is very different from like what we're used to. Not a problem because I looked fabulous and they were all just so impressed with how everything came together. And so it's just a testament, like when you have your own vision and what works best for you, everybody may not see your vision the way that you do, but you just have to trust in your vision. And literally like, you can tell me nothing. You can tell me nothing. And also let's not forget my husband looked great as well. He looked fabulous, you know. I have to tell you this. So when I saw your pictures on Twitter, I immediately, I was at home at my husband's parents' place and I was just like, look at my coworker and her <laughs> husband. They are beautiful. And I was just like, I couldn't believe how stunning you guys looked and like so dapper and chic. And then I was like, oh man, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I was like, they look so good. <laughs> and you did it your way. As you said, it wasn't what people typically expect mm -hmm. from a wedding or an elopement, right? You weren't in white. He was in, he was also in a different color suit, right? Yep. But it just, what I loved was, and then knowing you, I was like, oh my God, this is so Kira. Just, you're so stylish. I was like, this is so you. So well done. I had to find a way to still keep 
the fabulous energy that I really wanted from the wedding and just bring it to just us. And I knew that that was just going to be the aesthetic. And so, you know, Abraham got his suit made. It was funny too, a, a topic of contention. And this, this man is calm. Again, <laughs> we are, this, is our, this is who we are. He's calm. He's got his suit. He knows what he's wearing. Here I am two days before stressed, like literally ripping my hair out. And he's just looking at me like I'm crazy, not understanding why I'm stressed. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, I don't have an outfit, but just looking at him knowing, like, he just, it's a certain level of comfortability and not stress that he just lives with. That sometimes, it, I am a little envious of it, but it just makes me angry. He has no idea what I'm experiencing right now. He could, I mean, I know he cares, but like, he literally is just, he maybe just thinks I'm crazy. Like, he thinks that I put too much pressure on myself, which I do told me this this is something that I am coming to accept but I just usually have really big expectations because I'm very visionary I have a vision in mind and I don't compromise I know I compromise for an elopement but I didn't compromise on the elopement once I envisioned yeah. <laughs> the elopement you know I wanted it to be fast totally and you're not compromising still because it sounds like you eventually will want to do your experiential type wedding celebration. Nigerian traditional wedding. I want to do all the shebang a bang. I want to do it all, but of course, safely. And there's no rush now. Like now we're married. There's no rush. I'll wait a couple years and I have other ambitions now. Now it's well, we're married. There's other things that we want to achieve. So we will definitely have the, the big shebang a bang when the time is right. And when it's safe to do so, I can check that off my list. So it's not like a lingering thing. No, exactly. Which it kind of felt like. And now it's handled. It's done. And to be honest, the sweetest thing that Abraham said, and it made me cry like a baby. Oh, my God. Boo-hooing. Is he told me before, we're getting ready to have dinner. We're ravenous, too. We hadn't eaten. And um, he's sitting down and he's relaxed. No, just as stoic as he is. And he was like, this was the best wedding experience I could have asked for unprompted I didn't like hey babe what do you think and he looked at me and I could just see that he was incredibly pleased because again I am the one who makes a big deal out of things he's very simple he doesn't need all of that and so he told me he had the best wedding that he could have imagined and it made me cry like a baby even makes me emotional now just thinking about it because it's like that when we got engaged I wanted to make it about him and somehow he made it about me. In some way, we made it about both of us, but it satisfied him in a way that I don't think that he gets to get that type of satisfaction. And it, it, it warmed my heart. And it actually made me feel like, damn, I'm really doing this. Wow, this is really happening. You know, when you plan stuff, it's like, yeah, 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 it's coming. When he said that, I'm like, wow, I'm getting married tomorrow. And I'm getting married to the love of my life. Like, here we go. That's so amazing so special yeah did you guys stay in Cabo for a little bit for like a honeymoon yeah, yeah yeah we decided to just we decided that we that was another thing we wanted to do it was like we wanted to keep the wedding honeymoon experience like synonymous so the next day we were already pretty much doing honeymoon stuff and was having a good time and again the venue that we stayed at we took good care of us we were treated like kings and queens which you know your girl loves to be treated like royalty I mean who wouldn't want to be <laughs> You know, love the finer things in life. I love it. All right. So last question I ask all my brides on Bride to have been is around this planning process. Obviously, things did not go how you originally were envisioning as you're trying to plan for 2020's wedding celebration. 
Can you share anything that you've learned or valued as you had to kind of pivot your own vision and your expectations? Mm. A, I would say marriage is about two people. So for anybody who feels like they have to reduce their wedding or have to cut the, the list and it's hard, like you don't really have to do it. I know that families can be a real stickler. They can be, they can cause a lot of pain and a lot of drama. And ironically, I was anticipating that to come from our family, but honestly, COVID just made everybody understanding. Look, some of the benefits of COVID is like, they were like, you know what? It makes sense. Yeah. I expected a fight. Everybody was understanding. I think they were concerned about the travel, but other than that, they were like, you know what? We'll do it later. But I, I think don't be afraid to host an elopement. If anything, I hope that our elopement can be of inspiration to people to just go out and to have an experience specifically for themselves. We made it a day. And we started off with a beautiful breakfast. We had a spa day. We got wine and dine at the spa, bodies rubbed down, feeling real good and relaxed. Then we, we got ready. I got the hair and makeup. Oh, hair was done. Got the makeup, got the outfit ready. Started taking a couple pictures. We had the ceremony. After that, we took the official professional photos that you see. Then we had a private dinner, five-course meal, drinks galore. And that's when we FaceTime all of our family members. And that was so fun because we were also a little toasted at that time, too. So we were happy. <laughs> I was going to say, were you saucy by then? Oh, your girl. Your girl was feeling myself. People were, too, because we, we were so, so, like, just abnormally fabulous. that so people were, like, they thought we were celebrities. So people were taking pictures of us while we were taking our pictures. That's amazing. People were walking up in our little private area and, like, taking pictures of us. And I'm like, look, I look good. I, don't, I haven't looked good all year. Go ahead. If you think I'm a celebrity, <laughs> fine. I'll take it. <laughs> but you like your photos you guys look like celebs straight up I'm not gonna even... I'm not gonna lie your girl was feeding into it I was feeling myself <laughs> so yeah we're facetiming family and that's going there the energy because they're like wow and like, we're already a little toasted so we're like ah. and then we do mezcal tasting right after that so you got even more toasted and then we hang out at the bar we meet like random people who were at the hotel and like, got to know people and that was the experience. So like we we made it a thing. We we had different points that again was unique to us and, and it made it fun. So I hope that if you are contemplating elopement or you're concerned about cutting lists, make it about you and your union. And then if you have a vision, trust your vision. Don't let anyone tell you that your vision isn't great. Not that no anyone didn't tell me my vision was great, but you know, it, it was untraditional. And I am not a traditional woman. <laughs> um, very, very unconventional. But I, I hope that if that is something that you want to do and that's your vision, like cheers to your vision and, and go for it. That's what I have to share. I impart upon you all. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, this was amazing, Kara. And I'm just so happy you could share your story and your experience because like I said, it was, I felt like I was living it looking at your photos and I was like, this was spectacular. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Thank you, Emily, for having me. I enjoyed myself. And yeah, happy holidays. Happy New Year. Sending you positive energy. Good vibes for, for 2021. Hopefully we can actually see each other. <laughs> I know. Actually, like when I can see, I'm going like, to run and give you a hug because I'm like, I just want to hug people right now. I know. I know. What is safe? Touching and hugging everybody. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been and please send me or DM me 
your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to a Ben is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides. <laughs>